Welcome to the Going For Two podcast, a podcast that says we talk about a wide variety of sports, when in reality, what we mean by variety is NFL and sometimes college football. I'm one of your hosts, Ben Cobb, joined tonight by one of the other hosts, Logan Sartain. Logan, what's up? Ben, don't forget the XFL. Don't, <laughs> we, yeah, we don't discriminate true. against sports that aren't football. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're open to all sports as long as they're football. Yeah, as long as they're football, we're good. You know, I saw the I was reading an article today that was talking about the athletes in the in the XFL that are most likely to make NFL rosters. And it was fa- it was a fascinating article. You know who was one of my guys that was on that list? Oh, it's gotta be Trent Richardson, right? <laughs> It was Cardale Jones, actually, because not only did he have a backup spot on the Chargers, but he's playing for the D.C. team. Mm. So, you know, stomping grounds. So I'm going to look into getting a a Cardale Jones uh, XFL jersey. I think they're the D.C. Renegades, something like that. Yeah, I give him as much chance at success in the NFL as I give Washington's other quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. (laughs) Yeah, that's... That might be a little uh, nice to Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> both Ohio State products, though. Yeah, basically and, the same exact quarterback. And both won't be in the Super Bowl anytime soon, right? That's that's a great segue. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. You're not wrong. Unless there's an XFL of the Super Bowl, but now I'm detracting from the segue. So, well, the game has come and gone. Um, all the hoopla, all the snacks devoured all the hips have been shaken um so do you enjoy the game ben i did it was a good game whenever uh, i talked a little bit about this uh on the last podcast what i was gonna do we went over to my brother-in-law's house he always has a bunch of guys and girls over there to watch the game every year so it's always a good time everyone brings great food including my wife she made uh cupcakes she made regular size cupcakes as the uh, hash marks on the field and then she made small mini cupcakes um, kind of like muffin cupcakes as uh, with the Kansas City and San Francisco logo on them so those were a hit shout out to Amy um, miniature cupcakes miniature cupcakes yeah you mean the miniature version of cupcakes which is the miniature version of cake <laughs> yeah that's right it's like a mini mini cake where does it end with you people <laughs> Okay, well, uh, word on the street is that you're cutting out sugar. Is that right? I, I am. And now you've made me think about cupcakes. And I don't know if I can get through this episode. I'm going to have to go find uh, some pecans or almonds or something to curb my appetite. Okay, just, you know, I would like to um, address something that is a heated debate between me and um, my brother-in-law, Kyle, who, you know, and, and I... And I say that most of the time when a podcast talks about their audience, it's hard for them to talk about 25% or 50% of their audience all at once. But mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about Kyle, and he makes up about 50% of our audience. Um, oh. So I'm sure that this will get to him. But I was just like to get your input on this very um, divisive topic. Okay. Is it pecans or pecans? It is pecans. Thank you. That's correct. Stuff it, Kyle. Yeah, that's right. Because it's not a pee can. You don't pee in a can. No, no, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, so, uh, Logan, I'm sorry that you know, you made a perfect segue, and I just completely derailed us. So uh, I'm just going to not awkwardly at all make a segue back to the Super Bowl. Boom. We're there. Hmm. How's that? Yeah, that's that's you know adequate. We'll get we'll we'll get better. We'll yeah, get better. Yeah, we can only improve. Yep. So, um, what'd you think? What'd you think of Super Bowl? Good game, bad game, best Super Bowl you've ever seen? It was much better than last year. Yeah. Uh, with that, we had some excitement uh, for a while there. I was worried <laughs> when we went to halftime yeah. at ten to ten. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is going to be the same as last year. We just keep waiting for the scoring. And it never happens. Right. Um, but the result that I anticipated uh, did happen. Uh, yep. And the, the result um, gave me the victory in our NFL playoff team draft. That's right. Uh, the first annual. Um, so I'll wear that crown proudly. Um, 
But yeah, I, I thought the Chiefs were going to win. I thought, like I said, the 49ers were overall maybe a deeper team, mm-hmm. had better talent across the roster. But in the, in the spot that it mattered most, uh, at the time that it mattered most, um, the talent at the quarterback position, uh, the, the scales tipped heavily in the Chiefs' favor with Patrick Mahomes over Jimmy G. Yeah, I think that was one of the deciding factors for sure. Uh, you know, another really interesting matchup was old versus young experience mm-hmm. versus uh, one of the newer head coach with Andy Reid coaching against Kyle Shanahan. And of course, after he blows another Super Bowl lead, the pundits, the headlines are saying, you know, he, he just chokes when he's in the Super Bowl. I want to I hear your take on this. You know, the Super Bowl... First of all, it's very hard to get to the Super Bowl. You know, mm-hmm. it is a victory even if you get to the Super Bowl. Second of all, it's this the the twenty eight to three lead against the Patriots that was one hundred percent a choke. What they did here, I would not classify that as a choke. So I'm interesting. I'm interested to hear your stance about whether or not you think Kyle Shanahan is really this coach that gets to Super Bowls and then blows the big lead that he has and if it's really you know all about that what's your take on this do you agree with everybody saying that he's just a choke artist when he gets to the big game I don't agree with that at all I think um you know you you can only put so much blame for the Falcons loss on Kyle Shanahan Uh, Dan Quinn could have and should have said no we're running the football I'm the head coach I know football this is what we're going to do. Yeah, he, Kyle Shanahan was calling the plays, but Dan Quinn was a, you know, not an innocent bystander in that situation. Um, in this circumstance, what I saw was that the 49ers for about three and a half quarters kept a lid on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and that is an accomplishment. Mm. But in the end, it came down to what I, and not not to brag or anything, but what I said it would in that you you just can't. You can't keep a lid on him. In order to beat the Chiefs consistently, you've either got to keep a lid on him for four quarters, which is nearly impossible, or be able to score with him. And that is the part that uh, the 49ers weren't able to do this season. Uh, when they, when Kyle Shanahan blew the lead with the Falcons, he had an explosive offense. This year... He's had a very solid offense, but not necessarily uh, explosive. Um, so he, he played to his strengths. He ran the football. He played great defense, uh, but they weren't able to score in, in an amount to keep pace with Patrick Mahomes when he was on fire. And so when, when that game came uh, to the fourth quarter and it was still really close, even though it was a two-score game, you know, I, I was – you know, I wasn't surprised when Patrick Mahomes, you know, pulled a rabbit out of his hat and won that game by 11 points. What do you, you know, we talk a lot about the kind of macro level of sports from time to time. You, you know, the, was it the coach's fault, the quarterback's fault? Where do they go from here? But let's talk about the micro a little bit. What do you think went wrong? for the 49ers? Was it their defense? Was it their offense? Was it a certain player? I mean, where did it, cause they were tied at halftime. So right. where did it go wrong for the 49ers? I think it was in, it went wrong in their inability to establish uh, their rushing attack in the way that they have in, in previous playoff games. Uh, they knew, Jimmy G's limitations, maybe, or inexperience, give that. It's his first full season as a starter in the league. Mm-hmm. He's been he's been very successful for as many games as he started, but he's still rel- very inexperienced. Um, so what they, they knew what they needed to do was run the ball and rely on that rushing attack. And what they needed from Jimmy G was solid play and – you know, don't turn the ball over. Uh, There were some turnovers, but there were turnovers on both sides. Uh, When they weren't able to have that threat of the rushing attack, um, yeah, it, it, 
not that it put too much on Jimmy G's shoulders. Cause you know, you have a 10 point lead going into the fourth quarter. Um, you should be able to win that game, but what they, they were never expecting Jimmy G to go throw for throw with Mahomes in that game. And in the fourth quarter, that's what they needed him to do to keep, to keep up. And he wasn't able to do that. And I don't put that on him. I put that on the 49ers rushing attack, not living up to what they needed it to. I really thought that their rushing attack would be better uh, because Chris Jones is the best defensive lineman for the chiefs. He's not a run stopper. He's a pass rusher from Mm -hmm. the in, uh, from the inside. He's an interior lineman who, who best fits rushing the passer. And he's a great fit for the chiefs because when they play from ahead with that explosive offense, he's got plenty of opportunity to rush the passer. Um, But, you know, they were, they were good at stopping the run and at least keeping it contained, making Jimmy G have uh, third down throws, things like that. Um, Putting him in situations where he's got to go deep and, um, yeah, I, I don't think I learned necessarily anything new about Jimmy G. Um, we knew he wasn't Mahomes. And knowing that, we had to – you had to think if the 49ers were going to win, it was going to be on the back of Mostert or Tevin Coleman. Um, I think <laughs> halfway through the game, I was thinking – Kyle Juszczyk may be the mm-hmm. MVP. Yeah. He nearly had two touchdown catches. Yeah, he's so, great. Yeah. So that's that was my take on it. Did you have a different opinion? What Where did it go wrong for the 49ers, um, if you had to call it? You know, I think what it boiled down to was just the 49ers offense not being able to keep up with the Chiefs offense. And, you know, mm-hmm. you saw the the – I don't think either offense played spectacularly amazing. I, I don't think a lot of people would say that. But what I do think is you saw the Chiefs convert. You saw them get first downs. You saw Mahomes make some good plays, scrambled out of the pocket, kept the play alive, uh, convert on some important third downs. You didn't really see that with the 49ers. You didn't really see them uh, converting on third down. They would get to a third down and then Garoppolo would try to throw, you know, a 12 yard pass or so. And it would just, it would be incomplete. And that was really the difference. They just, there was little bits of offense that the chiefs were executing better than the 49ers. And eventually those little bits of offense uh, became the game. Um, you know, surprisingly, I also think Mahomes used his legs a little bit better than Garoppolo. Well, I don't know if that's too surprising. Mahomes is a pretty mobile quarterback. Um, you know, one of the things I said on the podcast last week was that the chiefs are nearly unbeatable if they're all healthy and they, mm-hmm. they were all healthy. I don't think they had any injuries um, for some key players the entire game. Certainly Mahomes was healthy um, They're you know, Kelsey Hill, all their key players on the offensive side of the ball were healthy the entire game and going into the game. And that was uh, one of the game. But, and, and I think that the chiefs defense did play well. I think that they, uh, played well. I think that they played better than their reputation um, proceed generally is. So I, right. you know, I got to give a nod off to the um, the Chiefs' defense. But I just, to me, there wasn't really one play or one factor or one call or anything like that. But instead, it was just the little things that the Chiefs did better than the Forty ers and. It, at the end of the day, that's what football is. You know, it's a game of inches. Who do, who does the little things better? And I think that's why the Chiefs were able to pull away. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Where do the, you know, we'll talk about in a little bit about what the 49ers do from here. But what do the Chiefs do from here? What are, where do they look to improve in the offseason? Or do you think they're in a situation where um, they're going to lose some guys from that, you know, uh, guys wanting to get that their money after they've won the Super Bowl, are they going to get better, worse, and how do they do that? Yeah, so I think the Chiefs are a very interesting team because what the Chiefs have is not – they don't have a whole lot um, of superstars on their team. And At first, someone's reaction to me saying that maybe, are you serious? They've got everybody on the offensive side of the ball. And 
they've got a few really good players on the offensive uh, side of the ball. They've got Mahomes. They've got Kelsey. They've got Tyreek Hill. But then you look at the other contributing players on the offensive side of the ball. Damian Williams, he had a really good postseason, a really good Super Bowl. But, you know, he's not a uh, Ezekiel Elliott or a Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley. Uh, other contributors, McCall um, Hardman, um, Sammy Watkins, which I'll talk about in just a second. You know, those aren't superstars either. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Chris Jones, who you talked about, is probably really their only close to superstar that they have. And so I'd, I'd throw in Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, I overlooked Honey Badger. Yeah, so, so Tyron Matthew, I'd throw him in. But, you know, I don't see them as these superstar teams like uh, the Seahawks in the mid, it, like the 2015-ish or the um, Broncos um, in that same era that just had superstar after superstar. So this offseason is going to be interesting for them. Um, and really – most of the time where the Super Bowl champions are going to be in trouble uh, are when they have a lot of free agents mm-hmm. th- in the offseason. And the Chiefs' really notable free agents are they, they're both their quarterbacks are going to be free agents, which is, uh, but they're not starting quarterbacks, but um, their backup quarterbacks, Chad Henney and um, Matt Moore, which isn't uncommon. You know, typically they sign them to a year or two contracts from time to time. Um, with Sean McCoy, who was a healthy scratch, didn't even play in the Super Bowl. Um, Spencer Ware, uh, Anthony Sherman, and Blake Bell. So out of those players, probably Anthony Sherman is the one that is most notable. Um, but even if that's the case, that's if Anthony Sherman leaves, nobody's going to say, oh, they can't go to the Super Bowl or repeat or anything. Um, right. So but that being said, a very interesting one is Sammy Watkins. Um, definitely contributor this year, was not – a a star or anything to that degree contributed more than he did last season. But I don't know if you saw uh, his announcement that he would seriously consider sitting out this next season. I did. I'm, I'm really so confused odd. by that. Yeah. I think he just wanted that. what I got from him. And I haven't done a whole de- in-depth analysis, but what I got from it was that he was just, he just may take some time off. <laughs> he just ha- uh, oh. has the money to, I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I'm surprised was not a bigger talking point for the Super Bowl. What's that? Terrell Suggs got another ring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. How interesting. Not yep. that he played uh, probably at all, but he did technically get another ring. So, you know, Chris Jones um, is, is one of their players that we've got to, you know, keep an eye on and see what he does this offseason. Um, I don't know if Chris Jones is a free agent. Do you know if he is? I believe he is. Okay, he so that's... talked about after the game wanting to be a chief for life. Okay, um, so you know there's motivation on his side to get a deal done. Um, but we'll see what the Chiefs value him at and if they can keep him. Okay, so yeah, so I, obviously he moves up to the top spot in the free agent list from people from the Chiefs. But um, I'm looking through their a list right now, and actually some of their secondary players, uh, Kendall Fuller and Brashad Breland, Morris Claiborne, some of those guys are going to possibly hit the market. Um, but, you know, I don't think it'll be anything. You know, they're still going to be bringing back their key pieces. They're still going to be mm-hmm. bringing back Mahomes, their coach. So I think they have a fantastic chance at making the Super Bowl again and winning it next year. But that's – and this is a big if – if they are still healthy because that's been their problem in the past. Yep. I, I'd agree with that. I do think their chances are high um, of returning to the Super Bowl, even if it's not next year, but in the next five years, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, one or two more times. Um, and I think, you know, we we talk about passing the torch and the hype train is saying Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs are the next dynasty, uh, passing the torch from Belichick, the Patriots and Tom Brady. Um, I can't disagree with that. Like, I mean, they Mahomes looks to be what Steph Curry is to the NBA. And, you know, I it's it's hard mm-hmm. to see a Mahomes led team not being super competitive. Uh so what I think they need to do is look at what made the Patriots successful. And I think a lot of that was after they, you know, won their first Super Bowl. 
and then started piling that on. Um, they went after veteran guys who were looking for a ring. They got guys like Chris Jones. Uh, Michael Bennett didn't turn out as good, but Darrell Revis. Um, mm-hmm. uh, count, there's there's several others. Randy Moss. Um, Stephon Gilmore. I mean, Stephon Gilmore, earlier in yeah. his career, but, you know, came on yep. over still. No, but they go in and, you know, they let the guys walk when they become superstars, essentially. They mm-hmm. hold on to the key, key pieces as long as they can. Uh, Tom Brady and... You know, Julian Edelman's a key piece. Um, I struggle to find one on the defensive side. Maybe Rodney Harrison uh, we talked about last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe that's next episode. I, I lose track now. But <laughs> <Sometime>. anyways, <clears throat> Rodney Harrison, guys like that. So for the Chiefs, what that is, is that's going to be Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey on the offensive side. On the defensive side, Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew. I think you lock up those core guys as long as you can. You keep, you hold on to them. Um, and then you fill in other key places with guys who want a ring, who are willing to take a discount for it. Because the Chiefs right now are going to be Super Bowl favorites next year. So going into the offseason, free agents are going to say, my best chance to get a ring is with the chiefs. So if there's guys who say, I've got one to two more years of my prime, they want to spend it with the chiefs. That's what I think they do. Don't, don't spend too much money on fringe guys uh, that may or may not make a huge impact. Look out and and look for those value veterans. Um, That's, that's where I think the chiefs should go, how they should uh, maintain this level of success. You know, I, I, I think that is a great strategy and it obviously worked out for the Patriots, but to be honest, I've got to push back a little bit against that because while I do think it's a great strategy, I don't think that that's the mindset of the players in the NFL right now. I think that they are more, and this is obviously a sweeping generalization and not applicable to every player in the NFL, but I think a lot of the players in the NFL are thinking about, well, where can I go? where I'll be the guy, where can I go, where I'll be the starting running back, or I won't have to split carries, or I'll, I'll get all the catches, or I won't have to compete for the quarterback position, you know. And so I think it has changed since the Patriots were recruiting that way. I think mm-hmm. back then it was about, well, you know, I need to get a ring. It's all about rings. But now I think guys are more interested in where where they can go and where they can kind of – shine a little bit and maybe I'm wrong and you know I don't have a lot of player examples right in front of me one way or the other um but I you know I would just kind of be interested to see if there would be any truly like talented uh NFL players that would go to the Chiefs because they haven't gotten a ring like a la um AJ Green kind of free agent um which the Chiefs would certainly benefit from, and it would be a great strategy. I just don't know if it'll happen. I don't know if that's the mindset of NFL players right now. Yeah, that's that's a, that's an interesting take. And, and you know, I, I think it, it obviously – my point trends towards the older players. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. That may not even be the Chiefs' approach. Yeah. They may continue to go after young, talented guys uh, to fill out their roster and play and play key roles. They've they've they have had some success from that. With like we talked about, Nicole Hardman. Um, there's a host of receivers whose names um, I don't even remember now. And <laughs> so many. Um, yeah, there's they've got a. I think they even had a young safety. I think he may have gotten hurt early in the year though. Mm-hmm. Um, but so. Ben, uh, I want to ask you a question. Describe the game for Mahomes in one word. Thinking. And the the you, podcast did not pause. You, <laughs> you know my word, so right. don't steal my word. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, okay, gas station burrito. Oh, that's two words. I'll I'll take it. I okay, just because I want to. Okay. I really want to know where you're going with that. 
Okay, a gas station burrito is never bad, right? Like, you could have, like, a burrito. I've never had a bad burrito. I love burritos. And you can go to a gas station. And, yeah, it's not the fanciest place in the world. It's not the best restaurant ever like Chipotle is. But what you have is a burrito that is still a burrito. And it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it can't be bad. But it's not the best thing you've ever eaten. And that's what Mahomes' performance was like for me like it's still Mahomes he still played well it was not close to his best performance either it was a little bit sloppy at times just like a gas station burrito can be if you're not careful with how you handle it but also at times like a gas station burrito it was a little spicy you know he was he Mm. was chucking chucking bombs down the field like Mahomes does so at the end of the day Mahomes did his thing he he played pretty well definitely well enough for them to win Damian Williams helped tremendously, of course, uh, but he didn't play his best, mm-hmm. but he did get MVP. So what do I know? Yeah. <laughs> gas station, <laughs> gas station burrito for MVP that uh, chalk that up with the phrases we never thought we'd say on the podcast. <laughs> um, you know what they say about gas station burritos, though? What's that? I didn't know there was a phrase about that. <laughs> you don't buy them. You just rent them. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well <laughs> i think the chiefs are going to attempt to buy that gas station burrito this offseason probably so with uh, probably the largest nfl contract in the history of the nfl um but so my one word is you know is once again similar but less creative than, than <laughs> your idea that you came up with on the spot there gas station burrito <laughs> i love that uh I do have to disagree. I have had a bad gas station burrito. Have you? Wow. Yeah. Maybe I just haven't eaten enough gas station burritos. That's a problem. Well, <laughs> I think <laughs> if you've had one, you've probably had too many. So um, I would hate to to hear that you, uh, you know, that's how your life ended was by gas station burrito. So what a way to never, go there. You can, you can never be too safe. Man. <laughs> um, but my one word to describe Mahomes' game is sloppy. Um also I've, like a gas station burrito at times. Also like, yeah, exactly. Um, if you don't fry it enough, yeah, it's it can get <laughs> sloppy. So at the beginning of the game, like if, if you look at it, people talk about Jimmy G and how he missed that deep throw to Emmanuel Sanders and how that could have been the game right there. Well, you know what? I would venture to say, and I don't have any stats to back this up, but that Mahomes missed more throws than mm. uh, Garoppolo did. Mm -hmm. in the game and in the first half you know one of his interceptions was a tipped ball off of his receiver's hands but it was uh thrown behind the receiver he didn't lead the receiver and then you had another one where he either didn't see the linebacker who drifted into kelsey's space Mm -hmm. or he threw it right to him so there was the game was sloppy even the biggest play of the game, the deep throw to Tyreek Hill was underthrown. And I know uh, if some people, Mahomes apologists are going to come at me saying um, he drifted so far back and he threw that off his back foot and Nick Bosa was in his face. And I understand all of that, but this game was not what we expected from Patrick Mahomes. We're used to seeing him get outside the pocket, no look throw on the money. And that is not what we saw in this game. I don't know if it was, you know, uh, the big game that got to him, if it was the pass rush that really just had him uh, shook, but uh, that was not a crisp, clean game from Mahomes start to finish. Even when they started rolling in the fourth quarter, like I said, the biggest play of the game was sloppy. It was it was executed, but it should have been a touchdown. If, if Tyreek Hill catches that ball in stride and no one catches him, like he's, he has open field ahead of him. Um, I believe there was a defender ahead of him, but he doesn't have to stop his momentum. Uh, I would rather do a million things than try to tackle Tyreek Hill in the (laughs) open field. I would, I would be, I would look like a fool because he makes NFL stars look like fools. Mm -hmm. He's so quick Mm -hmm. and so fast. So, um, that's that's my one word for Patrick Mahomes' game is sloppy. Sloppy, yeah. I, you know, I I don't disagree. Um, it is it was a 
on Mahomes-like game. And right. what I noticed, he got a lot of balls uh, – I don't know if tipped is the right word, but kind of batted, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think – I mean, I don't think that generally ha- happens to him. So that was that was interesting because I don't really see that at all with Mahomes. A lot of his passes being tipped either at the line or uh, while they're in the air. So that was something that I observed. Yeah, I mean, that defensive line is the best in the league. I mean, mm-hmm. going, you know, six to seven or eight players deep, really. You've yeah. got, you know, uh, Nick Bosa, mm-hmm. DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Solomon Thomas, D. Ford. Um, yep. Those guys, those guys are legit. Yeah. I think they're all first-round picks and near the top of the the first round. Yeah. They're very, very talented line. You know, we talked about the Chiefs quarterback. Let's let's flip it a little bit. I'm interested to hear your take on Garoppolo. Um, you know, if you want, you can speak about Garoppolo and his Super Bowl performance. You know, I don't think that there are any major talking points about that. You may disagree. But I'm interested to hear what happens to the 49ers and mm-hmm. Garoppolo now, now that yeah. they lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, Garoppolo didn't have his best game, but like I said, um, I don't, I don't know that his best game was was it exactly what the Forty ers needed, mm. or if that would have changed the outcome necessarily. It was just, I think, I put it more on the run game. It wasn't there when they needed it to be there. Uh, they weren't able to control the pace of the game throughout. And like I said, I lean in this day and age, more heavily towards the offense and the quarterback's ability to control a game. It's not 50-50 in my mind. Um, we saw the best defense in the league against probably the best offense, and the best offense won by 11 mm-hmm. points. Mm-hmm. So I think I yeah. think that kind of states my case there. So on Jimmy G, a lot of people are saying, or I say a lot of people, loud voices are saying, you got to move off of them. You had the perfect team to win the Super Bowl. He was the missing piece. He's the weak link on that team. I'm less inclined to do so without considering what other options are out there. Mm -hmm. So the exercise that I want to do is I've made a list excluding Jimmy G of my top 12 quarterbacks. And so I'm going to, you know, we could call this better or worse or, or something like that. And kind of how I'm uh, listing this and maybe this influences your decision as well, Ben is I'm going to skew this like 80% to next season. You know, uh, you've, I think as an NFL executive, you've got to think about next season extremely heavily. Like, um, you, if you have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl, you have to be in win-now mode. So, okay. And then the other 20% is going to be um, the next five years. I don't think you can really try to plan for 10 years because, you know, freak injuries happen mm-hmm. five years. So we're, we're talking about a, a, a immediate Super Bowl window and a five-year Super Bowl window. Okay. Um, so – at the top of my list, I've got Patrick Mahomes. Do you have any argument there? No. That, no, that would be at the top of my list as well. Okay. And then I'm not going all the way to the bottom. I kind of have Kirk Cousins as my middle-of-the-road quarterback. And as I work through this, I put him at number 12. And this is probably where we disagree. I would guess that you've got him a little higher if you had to just – come up with something would you put him higher than 12 yeah I, off the top of my head i'd probably put, put him higher than 12 um not much higher maybe 10 or 11 but i would say higher than 12 probably okay so i think jimmy g falls somewhere in between that 12 and 1 range in okay. this in this discussion of able to win me a super bowl next year or in the next five years so okay. i think he's worse than mahomes better than cousins so working off of that i'm going up one um brady i've got as my number 11 and i'm going with jimmy g i give jimmy g a better chance to win a super bowl um 
in equal conditions than Tom Brady. Um, I think Tom is, is, has deteriorated. He's, he's fallen off. I'm as a Cowboys fan. I don't want the Cowboys to go after Tom Brady. Um, you know, I think Tom offers a wealth of experience, but he doesn't Mm -hmm. offer a wealth of arm strength right now or a wealth of longevity or endurance. So, um, that's why I've got Tom Brady so low on this list. Um, given before I get a bunch of hate from Tom Brady lovers, um, (laughs) This is about winning a Super Bowl next year or within the next five years. So I'm putting him above Brady. Um, Now moving back up to the top of my list, my number two is Lamar Jackson. Okay. I've still got Jimmy G under Lamar Jackson. Uh, He's not not there yet, not productive enough. I listened to a podcast uh, this morning called Move the Sticks with Daniel Mm -hmm. Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Mm-hmm. And they had a really good analogy where they said um, playing quarterback today is like playing in the NBA where you're looking for scorers rather than shooters. Okay. And that's what Lamar is. Lamar Jackson is not a pure passer, but he is a scorer. He is an explosive playmaker at the quarterback position. So, you know, I don't love this comparison, but if you take this analogy out, um, Lamar is not Patrick Mahomes. Or, sorry, Lamar is not uh, Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. He's more of a Russell Westbrook. Okay. So okay. he's a very, very productive player, uh, just not the pure passer we might be used to. So I've got, I've got Jimmy G ranked below him. Um, moving back down to the bottom, number 10, Matt Ryan. Um, Man, okay. this is this is where we may get a little closer. Mm-hmm. I think we know what Matt Ryan is. I think we know, you know, he he can get you to a Super Bowl when all the pieces around him are there. Um, I will give the nod to Jimmy G here, okay, based on potential. What I believe is is potential. Um, I don't know for sure, um, but I do think. So I'm going to go a few more down from the top uh, because I think I'm trending towards putting him a little lower in this top 12. Um, mm-hmm. So at number four, I've got Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is better than Jimmy G. At number five, I've got uh, Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson is an incredible playmaker and a proven commodity. And so I've got him above Jimmy G. And at number six, I've got Dak Prescott. Um, that's a that's a probably a I don't know. You might call that a hot take. Putting Dak Prescott as my number six quarterback in the league, he was very productive yeah, this year. Yeah, hot take. Um, I think he's solid. I think he's more proven than Jimmy G. I'm going with Dak Prescott over uh, Jimmy G. Okay. Okay. So I'll I'll go from. Um, I know this is confusing, maybe, and maybe I should have done it a different way, but here we are. Um, number nine, uh, Jared Goff. Number eight, Carson Wentz. And number seven, Drew Brees. Uh, this is the range that I've got Jimmy G falling in, probably in this category. Um, Drew Brees being at the top of that list, he doesn't have the five-year window. He's got a like a one-year window, really and truly. But in that mm-hmm. one-year window, I'm going with Drew Brees over Jimmy G. And I think okay. I weigh he- more heavily there because of, like I said, 80% is the next year. So I'm going with Drew Brees there. So we're down to number eight, uh, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, both of them, nearly a tie there for me. Uh, one of them is a little less talented, and the other one is a little less available. Um, this is probably where where Jimmy G is going to land. And I think equal footing. I'm going to put both of those guys above Jimmy G. I'm going to take Carson Wentz at number eight, um, Jared Goff at number nine, and then put Jimmy G at number 10, bumping everybody else down one that puts Kirk cousins at my 13th quarterback. So I think, I think Jimmy G is your 
uh, 10th best quarterback in the league for increasing your Super Bowl odds next season. So if the 49ers think that is their weak link, they're going to have to show me that they can get a guy who is ninth best or better. And let me look down this list. Uh, yep. None of those guys are really available. Like the Cowboys aren't letting yeah. Dak walk. Drew Brees is either going to play for the Saints or retire. Carson Wentz and Jared Goff are locked up. So, Ben, are there any rookies coming in this year that are going to make an immediate impact next season to that degree? I, you know, I think Burrow uh, is going to be very good, but I, you know, he's going to be on the Bengals, so I think that's going to be detrimental to his progress and uh, to how good the team is. So I don't think if, you know, if you plug Joe working, Burrow into the 49ers, would, would he be the ninth best quarterback in the league next no. season? Yeah. No, he would not. Um, yeah. You know, I, this is interesting because you've, you've got me looking up some stats here. Uh, Cause I think we differ a little bit, not, not too drastically on who we, um, you know, on, on how we see Jimmy Garoppolo, but mm-hmm. uh, I am I am becoming more and more of a Jimmy Garoppolo fan as I look up his stats. I'll just go down kind of the stats that I've I've looked up to um, to share with our listeners and to get a good comprehensive view uh, about where Jimmy stands. And this is this was after the sixteen games. So for Completions, he was 13th in the league. Okay. For yards, total yards, he was 12th. For QBR per game, he was 8th. Mm-hmm. For touchdowns, he was 6th. For yards per game, he was 17th. For yards per attempt, he was third. Oh, wow. Per interceptions, he threw the ninth slash 10th most, actually 8th, ninth, and 10th. They all had 13 interceptions. Okay. Um, it's not so, a, that's not a bad number. No. And, and he has a, he, um, threw 27 touchdowns. So, or accounted for 27 touchdowns. I don't know if he got any rushing, but that ratio of, of two to one, yeah, that's about a, a two to one ratio. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, and then for, um, oh, sorry, this tab is just interceptions again. So with all that being said, that's that's pretty impressive. The only the seventeenth was the yards per game, and we know that they were uh, more of a mm-hmm. uh, running team. Right. Um, I'm interested to see. Okay, I'm gonna click on his pass attempts to see where he is because according to the yards per game, he should be pretty low if he is in fact pretty good. And okay, so he's nineteenth. Yeah. And and attempts per game to be at um, 19th in attempts per game and sixth in touchdowns per game. That, yeah, that's a pretty that's not a ratio we talk about, but that's pretty impressive to me. Yeah. So that's that's pretty. I'm going to go to the uh, QBR just to get a overview of who is uh, kind of above him and give you my take on them. Um, do you know who they had the best QBR this year? So I want to take a stab at it. I'm going to say, shoot, I'm going to be so wrong. I know I'm going to be so wrong, but I'll go with, I'll go with Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) It's not Aaron Rodgers. It's not Russell Wilson. It's not Patrick Mahomes. It's not Drew Brees. It's not Lamar Jackson. It is none other than Ryan Tannehill. Oh, man. And he did not make my list because I just don't believe he can do it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think everybody would probably agree that that would be a, a, a very daring situation. But yeah, Tannehill, Breeze, Lamar, um, 
Kirk Cousins, thinking about the free agency, there's no one really within that realm that I, I think is going to hit the market. Um, nor do I think any of the rookies would you know warrant mm-hmm. usurping Garoppolo's position. So I think the 49ers are in a good spot, and I think that they don't really need to look elsewhere, um, you know, it, unless they – unless for some reason – a quarterback became available, but you know, the way that the market's setting up right now, I, you know, I don't really think they need to look elsewhere. I would say, um, man, you know, I was trying to put a list together and I might actually end up agreeing with you that there aren't 12 more quarterbacks in the NFL that would be in a better spot to help your team win games for the next one to five years than Garoppolo. I might put I might I might side with you on that because you know I'm looking at them and I'm I've got Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. I do think Kirk Cousins would be better, but other than that, I mean, and that is only uh, that's only seven. Mm-hmm. So you know, I to think of five more that would be better than Garoppolo for the next five years. I don't know. That's 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 hard to do. So. And, would you would you take Wentz or Goff over Jimmy G? Man, you know, I, I I loved Wentz and I think Wentz is really good when he's healthy, but he's never healthy. Right. So that's a big detriment. Goff, he's good in the right system, he's good with the right players, but um, you know, this this past season it was just like, whoa, who is this guy? So I, I probably wouldn't take Goff mm. um over Garoppolo. Just because I don't, I don't know. Like that's Garoppolo in the one season that Garoppolo has really had a chance to shine. He's played very well. Yep. He let us. He helped his team get to the Super Bowl. Uh, Goff has played well some seasons and played not so well so some seasons. Would you take Matt Ryan or Tom Brady over Jimmy G? You know Matt Ryan has not been playing well at all either. No. Um, Tom Brady, I'm more inclined to than probably anyone you've named. Uh, I would probably take, you know, to be honest, I think so. Yeah, I think not just for one year, but for five years. Wow. I think I think Brady's got. I think he's got a lot left in him. Okay. To be honest, I'm I'm kind of a Brady apologist. I think he's. I don't think the dynasty is over, and uh, obviously that's another discussion for another ga- uh, episode, but. I, I think I'd pick Brady over Garoppolo for the next one to five years um, if the 49ers had the chance to choose between them. Okay, so the one in my top seven you didn't mention was Dak. Where does Dak fall? Do you take Dak or Jimmy G? Oh, man. Oh. Uh, for the 49ers specifically? Sure. I think I'd have to go with Jimmy G. Oh, um, wow. You know, because Dak is – he's okay. He's, he plays fairly well. I would say that he's uh, slightly above average. But Garoppolo is good. Like, he's hes impressed. He, I mean, throwing 27 in essentially what is his first season as a starter, mm-hmm. he threw 27 uh, touch, touchdowns, only 13 interceptions, had a high QBR. Um, and you know what – what was uh, impressive about Jimmy Garoppolo this season, not so much in the Super Bowl, but in the regular season, he was pretty clutch. Yeah. And that's that hard Saints to do. game is evidence of that for sure. Yeah. And the, uh, the Seahawks game, uh, when they went to overtime, I think it was on Monday night, it, the, it, he's pretty clutch. And so when you've got a quarterback who's not just, who doesn't just put up good numbers, but he can perform and not in those tough situations – that's something special. And, you know, I, I think that the 49ers have a good one in Garoppolo. And I kind of feel bad for him because 27 touchdowns is, is nothing to um, laugh at at all. Like, right. that's, that's, that's really good. Um, just to put that in perspective, uh, that is more than some people um, like Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady. I mean, that is, you know, so the, just he threw more touchdowns um, than them, albeit, well, actually, he had uh, the same amount as Drew Brees. 
Um, and sure, it was only one more touchdown than the other guys, but it still shows that he's, you know, he's with them. You know, he's competitive mm-hmm. um, yep. and that he can play in that caliber. Uh, in fact, the only other than Lamar Jackson, um, James Winston was second with 33s and then it went 30, 31, 30 and then 27. So he's, you know, he's tied for fifth. And, you know, so I'll let to say I think he's I think they've got a good one. Um, and he, I don't think he gets as much credit as is deserved because they are such a defensive oriented team. They run the ball a lot. Um, but Garoppolo does he he deserves credit for this past season and probably what they're going to continue to do. Yeah. So in the end, though we don't have the exact same list, we put him. You put him at nine, and I put him at ten. And then okay. you know we disagree more on Brady and Cousins and Dak than we do on on where Jimmy G lands. So that is uh, interesting. But uh, 49ers brass um if you're listening to us hold on to jimmy g uh we know you're listening john lynch you're welcome to come on the podcast and we will debate it to the death with you hold on to that boy you know you get Um, an invite yeah he gets an invite everybody gets an invite just kidding they're exclusive um so yeah ben i know that we're up against the clock here and so i'll go ahead and and close this out and i know listeners that you're thinking Hey, this is the time where I'm going to hit pause and go do something else. But don't do that because you're going to want to hear what I'm going to say at the very end. So one, mm-hmm. next episode's going to be hilarious. I know I teased it at the beginning of the last episode. Um, sorry, we felt like you wanted to hear about the Super Bowl first. So be on the lookout for the next one. Um, two, hit us up, uh, Anchor app voice messages um hit us up on twitter just you know search going for two uh, i believe it's at going for two underscore pod that's right and uh, you can email us uh, just listen to another episode if you want to hear the email address um i think that's it i lied about there being something at the end of this episode i'm sorry please forgive me we're out <laughs> Okay, I, I know. I figured out what it was. Huh. I was l- logged in under your account. Oh, and so we were both on there. T- it's weird <laughs> that it let us just talk. Yeah, right. But... I know. Wow, it's a good thing that we didn't go for like an hour and then realized. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be terrible. Like we've not done that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be crazy. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll. <laughs>